You're listening to the Patrick E. McLean Podcast. This episode, The War with Santa. Two thousand five was the first time I ever heard the phrase the war on Christmas. Of course, now the war on Christmas has been raging or simmering, depending on your perspective, for years, but not depending on my perspective. The way I saw it then, and the way I see it now, is that we don't make war on Christmas as much as Christmas makes war on us. Christmas can be a terribly difficult time of the year. Expectations are high, family relations are strained, and it's an easy time to feel like a failure and be totally overwhelmed. The holidays roll in and terrorize us every year, whether we like it or not. They demand we spend money giving gifts that nobody really wants. If you really want to spend an interesting moment with the dismal science of economics, Google the phrase deadweight loss of Christmas. It was with all of this in mind, and out of the desperation that came with trying to maintain the week-over-week output of the Shanaki podcast, I wrote and produced these four episodes, entitled The War with Santa. It's the only Christmas story I've ever written. It's pretty gonzo in style, pretty rough in places, but still, it makes me laugh. And laughter is powerful stuff. A lot of what I see in the world now is people responding to grim and desperate circumstances by choosing to become more grim and desperate. In some cases, things can be really dire, like if you're fighting for your life. But truly desperate circumstances are short in duration. In the modern world, it's the relentless millimeter-by-millimeter grind that gets you. I picked millimeters because inches are by far the more heroic measure. I'm just saying, it's not 10,000 meters under the sea. Laughter is like a magic trick. And it's why I have such respect for truly dark gallows humor. It takes an awful situation and transforms it in a flash of joy. Much has changed since 2005. Christmas shopping, at least, has gotten a lot easier. You can knock that out with a few clicks. But I can't say this is going to be an easy Christmas. This year, for many people, the holidays will be harder than ever because of COVID. Many loved ones will not be getting together. And because of the weight of all of the expectations that come with Christmas, people will beat themselves up about this. Christmas is supposed to be perfect, but nothing is ever perfect. My mother-in-law is currently in a memory care facility, so my children will not see their gram and my wife will not see her mother this Christmas. The facility is also on lockdown because, like a monster, there is COVID in the house. And there's a chance that we never get to see her again. These are dark days. But as a people and a species, we have lived through darker days than these. But we did not make it without courage, and we did not make it without laughter. And laughter is a strange thing in an evolutionary sense. There's evidence that when you tickle rats, they laugh, which should really make you wonder, what evolutionary advantage does laughter convey? It wouldn't be around if it didn't help you survive somehow. So this season, I wish you one good rib-aching, lung-straining belly laugh. One that pushes back the darkness farther than candles and carols and endless strands of twinkly lights could ever do. I don't know if you will find that laugh in my odd, madcap, reference-laden personal tale of struggling with Christmas. But I'm trying, and I hope it helps. 
Sorry this week's episode is a little late. I've been hiding out in a small town south of the border. The good news is that the beer is cheap here, and the bad news is so is the internet service. I actually burned a CD and sent it over the mountains via a llama relay, which also delayed the thing a bit. Now don't get disappointed. This week is a story, not an essay, but it's a little different because this story is true, and it happened to me. And not like the vampire in the attic, which was obviously made up. No, strangely enough, this is real. I'd been working on a series for the Shanakee about Santa Claus. You know, jolly old Saint Nick. A light something to take the sting out of the holiday season. And it was very funny. It still is funny. But, well, some things have happened. And I'm afraid to put the story out on the feed. I really wanted to end this year with a bang. In my own country. You know, I don't know what the new year's going to hold, and even though I've been really busy, I wanted to put the Shanaki to bed in 2005 on a real high note. Sing, sing, big finish. So I wrote and wrote and rewrote and scribed away and muttered and went through all the pains that it takes to make a great Shanaki episode. But instead of a three-part series about Santa Claus, I'm drinking piss-warm beer, hiding out in an especially dusty part of Mexico. Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm not going to make it home for Christmas. So when I finally got a draft of the story I was happy with, I mailed it off to a friend of mine to give it the once-over. You know, to make sure it was really funny and not too weird or confusing in spots. And then I went Christmas shopping. Of course, I hate Christmas shopping, but this was a week ago, so I figure, hey, I'm ahead of the game. Bopping along through the mall, visions of having all my shopping done in one day, dancing in my head, when I noticed this little guy. You know, Little person, midget, whatever the politically correct term is. And he's dressed like an elf. I don't give it much thought. I mean, I'm in a mall. There is a Santa here. Probably just something for the kids. Except he's following me. Oh, the elf's acting all nonchalant. Natural enough, chatting up the sales girls, buying something in the coffee shop. But everywhere I go, there he is. Anyway, I'm right in the middle of Spencer Gifts. And he blocks me in between the adult novelties and the blacklight posters. Okay, little fella, what gives? Why are you following me around? Santa doesn't like your story. What? The one where you make fun of him. Excuse me? You should have some respect for the Santa. That's what we're saying. Oh, (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's really, really funny. You guys are great. And and the great hat, the curly shoes. Who who put you up to this? Was 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 it Brandon? Seriously, where did he find you? A service? Should I tip you or something? Are you guys, like, singing telegrams? And the little bugger hauled off and kicked me in the shins. I'm not kidding, asshole. You don't want to mess with a Kringle. He's got a list, buddy, and you're in the naughty column. You know what happens to people in the naughty column? What, they get coal in their stockings? (laughs) Are you nuts? This has got to be some kind of mistake. There's no mistake. He's very careful about the list. Checks it twice. You know Santa Claus? I work for him. And Santa wants to censor my story? He's suggesting that for your own benefit, you think twice about putting that piece of crap out on your feed. You're a very creative young man. Just write another one. You're not from the North Pole, are you? Nah, I'm from Long Island. Okay, whatever. This is just too strange to contemplate. Listen, you tell Santa I said... (laughs) And so help me. 
I punted the midget out of the way and made a break for it. In the car, I started laughing about it, but I was still a little rattled. I mean, really, there's such a thing as taking a joke too far. But it was a half an hour drive home, and by the time I got there, I was already working on the counter prank for whoever put this thing together. You can think of some pretty surreal pranks involving the Easter Bunny when properly motivated. But when I got home, I found that someone had hung a stocking full of coal over my fireplace. It seems funny, but I assure you, not since James Kahn opened up those two fish wrapped in a bulletproof vest have I encountered a clearer and more sinister message. Emotions tore through me in quick succession, rage, fear, anger, confusion. As I sat there, staring at the stocking, that sooty blot in my otherwise peaceful home, I took a deep breath and came to my senses. After all, it was Christmas, and I wasn't about to sink to their level. Oh no. For the first time in my life, I had a height advantage, and I was going to keep it. Okay, elves! You want to play it naughty? You want me to say hello to your little friend? That's okay. I'm going to have a Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! I want to wish you a "'Twas the week before Christmas, and I was burning a fire. "'Nothing in the chimney, not Santa nor vampire. "'The baseball bat was laid by the bed with care, "'in the hopes that those damn elves would beware. "'The children were nestled all snug in their beds. "'No knowledge of evil Kringle danced in their heads. "'From exhaustion I reeled with shotgun in lap, "'fighting hard against urge to nap.' When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter that I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew with a flash, Union suit flapping open, showing bare ass. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but ten fat guys dressed like Santa Claus crammed into an El Camino doing donuts on my lawn? And that little old driver, that lively prick, I knew in a moment that it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his Camino it came, and he whistled and shouted and called it by name. And if you think I was overreacting or being unreasonable, well, let me tell you, you didn't have to put up with the prank calls. Hello? Ho, 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 ho. Who is this? Oh, ho, ho, ho. What are you trying to... Damn it, it's, it's not... Look, don't call back. I'm not going to answer anymore. Hello? It started to affect my work and my relationships. Morning, Bob. Merry Christmas. Merry? 
What's so damn merry about it? Maybe I'm not having a merry Christmas. Do you ever think about that, Bob? And your season's greetings just serve to rub it in. Jeez. What got into you? You look like you haven't slapped in day. Ah, uh, Bob, I'm sorry. I'm just running two ghosts behind Scrooge is all. What? So I told him the whole story. Why don't you just call the cops there, fella? What? Why are you looking at me that way? What do you think they're going to do when I tell them somebody's out to get me and I'm pretty sure it's Santa Claus? See? See right there. That's the look they're going to give me. Look, I'm so awful sorry about your troubles there, but uh, I got a meeting to get to. Happy Hanukkah. Wise ass. It was pretty out of control. And there was only one thing I could think to do. I decided I was going to have to go talk with him. Descend into the lair of the beast himself. It was time to go to the mall and explain to Santa that I wasn't the kind of guy to be pushed around by a fat man, no matter how jolly he thought he was. Oh, yes. It was time for an old-fashioned Christmas reckoning. There comes a time in every man's life when he has to turn and face that which he's most afraid of. A time to stop running, spit on the ground, and if needs must, go down swinging. For me, that time had come. I was on my way to the mall to sit on Santa Claus's lap and tell that jolly fat bastard exactly what I wanted for Christmas. Peace on earth, goodwill towards me. I strode through the mall like the 600 rode into the valley of death. I screwed my courage tight to the sticky post and proudly took my place in a line filled with haggard mothers and petulant, spoiled children. One mother asked me, Aren't you a little bit old to be sitting on Santa's lap? I just want to have a few words with a man. Why don't you wait till he gets off work? I need a few words with him in an official capacity. Bonk! You got a lot of nerve coming back here! I don't want any trouble, Elf. I'm just here to talk to the fat man. You're not piteous in a full body cast. Well, that should be a warning to you, pointy-eared freak. Please, there are children present. Oh, he's not a child, lady. Look at him. He's the freak the circus turned down. You're gonna get called in your stocking. They tried that already, little boy. It doesn't scare me. They gave me the VIP treatment right to the front of the line. It was a good sign they could see I meant business. When the red flap of Santa's mall yurt closed behind me, the roar of holiday commerce was shut out, and it was just me and him. We stared at each other for a while, but the fat guy broke first. Would you like a candy cane? No, thank you. You know, technically, you should be sitting on my lap for this conversation. Skip it. So... What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Call them off. Call who off? All of them. All your little elves and your fat, drunk Santa buddies in the El Camino. It's not going to do you any good. I'm running the secret Santa story. Do you think it's wise? I mean, really? What's your problem? Hey, buddy. I don't have a problem. Okay, I just work for the big man, and he's got a problem. If you wanted to see it his way, well, I could talk to him, see if he'd lay off, but I can't promise anything. Well, maybe you can make him see it my way. See it your way. <laughs> well, pa pardon me, but ho, ho, ho. 
It's not the way it works. I'm not some eight-year-old kid that wants a BB gun. I don't have to take this kind of crap from you. Oh, yes. I'm afraid you do. And in walked one of the biggest guys I'd ever seen. What the hell is that? That? Oh, that's Wanuski. Say hello, Wanuski. Hello. He's very special. Oh, thanks, coach. Winooski was big enough to be his own event in the Special Olympics. He's the biggest elf in the world. And he's supposed to scare me? No, no, he's just going to hold you. You should really be worried about what Pierre is going to do. Remember me? It was the elf from the line, holding up a candy cane. What are you going to do? Poke me with that thing until I'm diabetic? A blade leapt forth from what I realized was a cunningly disguised switchblade. Ho, 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 ho. Winooski lumbered towards me and I dove for a corner of the tent. As I scrambled under the bottom, my leg went hot then numb as Pierre got one in with a switch cane. But I didn't care. I was out and running free. Through the mall at top speed, trying to get away from all of it. The madness of Santa and candy canes with knives hidden in them. Just trying to get away from Christmas. But Santa was on every corner. Children's eyes gleamed with greed. What reward could they expect from turning me in? Had the bulletin gone out already? I didn't even pack a bag. I drove to the airport and caught the first flight out. Sleeping fitfully on the plane, I dreamed of Winooski, Pierre, and the unspeakable tortures they might use on me. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I don't care what the greeting cards look like. Jack Frost They're savages. at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. <laughs> Shit. Mexico. Still in Mexico. I've been here a week now, waiting for word, getting softer, hoping some elf doesn't find me, some kid doesn't rat me out. Every minute I stay in this room, I get weaker, and every day closer to Christmas, he gets stronger. When I close my eyes, sugar plum fairies dance in my head. A man I've never met before comes to see me. He smokes a strange-smelling cigar and wears a white linen suit. Someone later told me he had worked with the CIA. My friend, I've heard of your troubles, and I must tell you, this Papa Noel is a dangerous man, very powerful. His organization spreads very far. He is master of bribery and, how you say, the supply chain management. More powerful even than your Walmart. Yeah, I know. And he wants to fill my stocking full of coal. And by stocking, I mean me. And by coal, I mean lead. So, what will you do? What do you mean? This doesn't look like a plan to you? You cannot run forever. Who's running? I like it here. The drinks come with funny little hats. My friend, if you refuse to back down... If you must do this the hard way. Getting caught in the rain. If you will not give the fat man what he wants. Okay, okay, okay. All right, you know what? 
I posted the story, okay? It's out, it's done, it's gone. I thought I was doing the right thing, you know. Lawrence didn't care, man. Nabokov didn't care. Rushdie didn't care. They just, they put it out there. What am I supposed to do, huh? I put it out there. I just hung my stocking out into the wind, and now I'm on the naughty list. And nobody wants to come help me out. If it was Islamic terrorists, I'd have people coming out of the woodwork to save my ass. But no, I got elves. And everybody loves elves. Except you. And what are you, anyway, in that suit? Some kind of Mexican Colonel Sanders? I am a friend of your uncle. Your Uncle Sam. Tu tío Samuel. And he has sent me to help you. You're a very funny man, but you are also in a lot of trouble. Do you want my help? Tu no pones ayudarse. Oh, great. A smartass in another language. Just what I need. Okay, Colonel. What you got? You want to get Papa Noel? Well, what choice do I have? If he puts coal in your stocking, you light his on fire. He puts one of yours in the hospital, you put an elf in a morgue. That is how you get Papa Noel. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's the kind of nonsense that got me into this mess in the first place. There's, There's got to be a better way. If I go that route, I'm going to have to kill him. Si. Si, senor. I'm not killing Santa Claus. But there's no other way to deal with Papa Noel. No? Well, if you want him dead so bad, why don't you loan him one of your Colombian neckties? I'm a writer, not a killer. De nada por mí. It's your funeral. Maybe so. But I'm going to die anyway. And I don't want to be remembered as the guy who killed Santa Claus. So I took a bottle of tequila out on the roof and sat down to wait. I knew, one way or another, in this night of nights, it was going to end. And there he was, the fat man himself. His suit was immaculate and he looked beautiful, just beautiful. He jumped off his sleigh with the grace of a dancer cheeks all rosy like a newborn baby. Do you like to play pool, Chris? I mean, straight pool, for money. Uh, Funny boy. What do you want from me? You've taken the joy out of the season. You've driven me far from my home during the worst travel season. Kringle, you've ruined Christmas. How can you accuse me of such things? After all the presents I brought you, I didn't think you were real. I mean, it was a joke. My story was a joke. Didn't think I was real. You think your father knows how to put together a bicycle? I'm sorry. Sorry. Everybody's sorry for something at Christmas. If you'd shown me some respect, you would not be suffering this very day. Are you going to kill me? It depends. Depends? You're a good boy. I understand. But this podcasting business is no good. Keeps you up late. Gets you in all kinds of trouble. I understand. You get excited. You're a creative type. I, I know it probably doesn't matter, but but I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me, Santa? I have two conditions. One, you end the story in a way that shows proper respect to your Santa. Two, you must never again do another Shanaki story. But Santa! This is my offer. Can I refuse it? <sighs> I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Uh, okay. I guess it's a deal. I mean, honestly, what was I going to do? 
It's Santa Claus. It's like trying to argue with a force of nature. 